Welcome to the CCUPC Cutting Room Floor, where we try to connect Sunday to the weekday. I'm Pastor James. And I'm Pastor Dina. This week, we're taking a deeper dive into John 17 and the rollout of the new mission tag for the church, expanding Christ's community through worship, discipleship, and relationship. This week, we talked about identity. We were in the fourth week of our relationship series, and we were really talking about the relationship between Christians and non-Christians. And we talked about uh, the identity and attitudes that affect how we should be interacting with non-Christians. Now, I didn't want to make this a sermon on methodology or Mm -hmm. evangelism proper, but rather kind of the underpinnings of those things um, and our relationship to the world. So uh, what were some of the things that you heard and what really struck you about the passage this week, Pastor Dean, which was uh, the John 17, Jesus prays for all believers? I I think the thing that struck me again or differently because you brought it out, like of all the things Jesus could have prayed for and could have done in those last moments, you know, he knew what was coming. He knew where things were headed, that he chose to pray for unity among believers is is pretty significant. And then related to that, you brought out that, you know, if if we intend to have a good relationship with the world, with the people around us who don't yet have a faith in Jesus, that that has to start with our relationship with Christ and our relationship with other believers, that we just can't go introduce the world to Jesus without these these underpinnings of of unity and strength and identity in who Christ is. If if we start with just wanting to win the world for Christ, which, you know, it's kind of a a phrase that that gets bashed about a bit, um, but don't have a solid idea of who we are in Christ, then nothing we do is going to make a difference. We could have the best programs and people may come, but they're pretty quickly going to find out that we don't have a lot of substance or it's a bait and switch or um, that that what we're what we're trying to draw them to isn't what they really wanted it's to hard begin to, with. It's hard to paint a picture when you don't know what that picture looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Um but again <laughs> that that idea that like being a sorry, I just had the idea of like being a sketch artist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what did he really look yeah. like? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like this? No. Um and and that really for the church to thrive for the church to be good at evangelism we have to be unified in our vision which is why we're spending so much time on this idea of of the vision and mission of CCUPC and in our relationships and you know I know we've we've brought it up again and again but you don't want to invite people into a family dinner and then have them real quickly find out that it's a dysfunctional family. Um, And so the only time that works is that on an SNL sketch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so it takes a lot of self work to, to find that identity because again, it has to be individual before it can be, in community in the church and then it's got to be individual and in community in the church before it can be 
with other churches and then it's got to be individual and within the church and with other churches before we can go into the world and I think the temptation I think could be to use that to say well then just I'm just not going to go into the world I don't have my stuff together (laughs) enough and that's not what Jesus was praying for at all but we have to be working on all these things at the same time as we're sharing our faith as we're sharing our life as we're living lives of intrigue and authenticity and and then pointing to the one that makes it all possible um so yeah a lot there a lot of hard work (laughs) it's a lot to unpack yeah um but but good stuff you know as as we remember um what the call the church is called to do i i mentioned to you already today the fact and we and we've brought it up again and again but the fact that the church causes more people to doubt christianity than the problem of human suffering is just like it it makes me so sad that that's a hard one to digest um and, and that's one that really gets into maybe that was one that that really illustrates for us why jesus was praying for unity mm-hmm. for us and not just unity amongst ourselves where we can come up with a, a fake like well, let's rally around this but a unity that's that's grounded in his and the father's unity which is i don't know that there's any other place in scripture that really talks about that i'm trying to think um but but it's he gets oddly specific right there yeah yeah i'm trying to think too and i if it was mentioned in other places i would think it would still have to be within the gospel of john yeah paul i mean paul is concerned about church unity, but, yeah. but never does he, gr- he grounds it in Christ, but there's never that connection to the, the unity within the, the actual triune God, um, itself. And so that's, it's a fascinating quick look and, yeah. and one that is very, very easy to overlook. I mean, and, and one that actually, uh, Katie talked to me and she said, what, what does unity in the Trinity actually look like? Uh, well, that's that's a good question, and, and it's really something that got cut because I could talk. Mm. We could talk about the 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 Trinity, the nature of the Trinity forever, and not really exhaust it. Yeah, and also not really fully know what we're talking about. And that's not to say that we're unintelligent people, but that the Trinity is beyond us. Yeah, it's one of those mysteries of the faith that that there have been volumes of work done on, and yet at some point we still have to say, yeah. We don't understand. You know, we've we've gone to a couple. We've gone to First Corinthians thirteen quite a bit, and you know that's a, a that's a wedding text. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a wedding text, um, but an, I think as we were having a conversation in the car, uh, another wedding text that I think actually illustrates this really well is we then got talking about Ephesians and mm. talking about um, this idea of mutual submission because it's the idea of mutual submission that really I think maybe gives us the best idea of life within the Trinity. All, all three persons of the Trinity are fully God, but they, they, they yield to one another. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and when you first mentioned that, that was one of the things that came to my mind, not necessarily that specific passage, but the images that we get of marriage, comparing marriage to the relationship of God with the church and the relationship within the Godhead it get, gets a little closer to that, assuming 
the best possible things about marriage that that complete intimacy uh, complete submission and and uplifting of each other and that that generosity of spirit towards each other that always has the other one first and mm-hmm. and at, at the that everything you do is for the benefit of your your spouse that to me those hint at that relationship and that unity in the trinity that 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 pureness of of love and and like i said that intimacy in every possible way that that there's nothing hidden kind of to that's kind of where my brain went yeah when you when you think about the the unity in the trinity because because we do believe as as people created in the image of god that our relationships the best parts of our relationships with one another especially the marriage relationship do reflect God's love for us. Absolutely. And in even the familial relations, mm-hmm. um, we talked to, Katie and I talked a, a little bit about the fact that even parent to child, uh, there is submission there from parent to child in that, um, you know, a parent never brings the full force of their, of their, of their authority onto the child every time. Um, you know, there's relationships that still maintain there is, um, you know, there's, there's graciousness that's shown. It's not mm-hmm. a dictatorship. Um, and any psychologist would say that, you know, if you, yeah. if, if you are bringing that to bear, it's, it's probably not a good thing. Right. And so, um, submission can also mean a limiting of authority, um, when it's, when it's there's it, when it's there to be taken. Yeah. Um, if, if that makes sense, I feel like I'm being a little too general, but no, that, that does make, make sense. And we see that reflected in the atonement that, and, and in God's graciousness through Christ that, that God could have just said, you know what, this isn't working. You owe me a debt of sin that you can never repay. But we, instead of that punitive kind of perspective, we see the graciousness of Christ. We see a way of dealing with our sin, with the problem of sin that that leaves the door open, that, that is not the full weight of what we owe. And, yeah, and there's love and grace and comfort in that. And we should probably clarify because we, we have the theological education. We'll throw around a term like atonement. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, atonement being the the way that Christ takes the penalty for us and, mm-hmm. and and makes us righteous in God's in God's sight. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, those those are are good words and and um. You know. It, just recognizing that mutual submission is actually a, a pattern in the Trinity. It's not just a rule that's handed down. Right. It's um, not just a way of ordering our relationships or ordering families or to keep everyone in their place. That right. At, but, at its core, it's it's gracious and generous and loving and giving. And, and reflective lo- of God. Yeah. And that's, I think that's, those are the important, sorry, I didn't mean to. No. But yeah, they're reflective of God, and that's why God wants them reflected in us then as well. 
too often I think it's, you know, we, we think it's just tradition or it's old fashioned mm-hmm. or whatnot. Well, cause we've, we've redefined submission from that gracious interaction that God intended to who gets to make the decision, who has the power, um, you know, in some cases who has to do the dishes kind of, <laughs> kind of thing, which is not its intended purpose at all. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's much more, it, it is designed to bring peace mm-hmm. into our relationships. It's designed to bring wholeness. It's not designed to be a burden. It's not designed to be a, a, a onerous. Right. Right. So, um, yeah. So it, it, but when, if we were able to get that correct, like if, if we were practicing that within our relationships within the church, that would totally redefine our relations outside of the church as well. Yeah. Yeah, because so often we do apply passages like the Ephesians passage to just the marital relationship or to the relationship between kids and parents. You know, kids submit to your parents. But it really, you know, and and I think in other places in Scripture, you know, beloved, submit to one another, love one another, build each other up. It, it is It is to characterize all of our interactions, all of our relationships and and how incredible the world would be if if even just the church did that right and and there i think the early church did it well they had a really good sense of lifting one another up not without fault that's why we have why we have the letters that Mm -hmm. we do but then again we also have the churches like the philippian church that apparently already did it well and Paul encouraged them further with that passage in, in Philippians 2. Um, and so that that's, um, you know, that it, it is a vision for the church that, that I think um, rather than discussion about programs and, um, and particular ministries, you know, if we would go back and work on the interior state, of our of our faith of our individual faith and 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 uh, practice that would make a, a pretty sizable shift and that's part of the reason why I felt it was both compelling as a vision but also practical in terms of a week you know uh, you know we don't have to get to the vision tomorrow we're mm-hmm. not going to do that but being patient like, I can identify some things in my week where I could be a little bit more patient. Yeah, I could be a lot more patient. Yeah, yeah and, and but I can I can yeah. picture places and times and people where I could be a bit more patient. Um, and and uh, the second thing, to stay connected, which is which is really a, a, a unity issue, but it also, there are ways in my week where I get irked, I get ticked off, I get, you know, slighted, and I'm like, I'm going to, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Where it's like, well, no, Christ stayed connected to me, so. Yeah. And and to go back to the idea of submission as it relates to that, but also you had posed the question or the statement. um, I think it was more of a question. What do I have to give up or what do I have to embrace for the sake of unity in the church and in our relationships? And to me, I mean, that, that is submission saying, and we do it, we do it as parents, we do it as spouses, we do it within the church. Like, where do I have to set aside my ideal desires and wants and needs for the benefit of someone else? I, I mean, 
parents have to do it all the time. I would love to go to bed and not have my door knocked on 72 times with I can't sleep or I'm hot or I'm cold. But I set those things aside because I love my kids and want to teach Mm -hmm. them, um, you know, I, I, yeah, so many things. But (laughs) Parenting does give you that experience where it's like, I am not my own. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and marriage and, and family relationships too, even as we hear about the Sanders generation that are, are dealing with parents that are growing older and, 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 you know, I think of examples of like, I don't, I don't really want to do this, but because my family needs it, I'm going to set aside my desires to do what's important what would will help the whole system the whole family bigger than me and that's really hard to do in general I think we constantly I know I constantly have to work on myself and reminding myself that it's not all about me because our, our natural inclination is my needs my wants and and as you drew out in the sermon we've been told that for 30 years now you deserve this this you know uh, how how dare you not get a raise you deserve it how dare you not get that promotion you deserve it you deserve a vacation you deserve whatever dessert um to get your burger exactly the way you want it yeah um and and that is true it's it's a big shift from a hundred years ago when when henry ford said that that customers could have a Model T in any color as long as it's black. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, there was a massive shift from you get what's actually available to you get what you desire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, uh, if you go onto car websites now, it, like even the dealerships have customized your, yeah. your new... Build your exact car exactly the way you want it. Build your exact computer the way you want it with the, the right graphics card and the right monitor. And that was a huge revolution that, that gateway 2000 did in the, in the nineties was to yeah. be able to customize those things. Yeah. Um, and, and if you don't know what gateway 2000 is, it just shows you <laughs> yeah, how, how fast things, how move. fast things do move. Um, and I think all that proves that, that, you know, most of us don't set out to be selfish. We don't set mm-hmm. out to be self-serving. We don't set out to not, submit but our natural inclination the natural inclination of the culture around us constantly reinforces that those negative things and so we by the power of the spirit have to constantly work on those things and set those things aside and and it's not it's not about being a doormat it's not about Mm -hmm. um, that that you know humble brag humility it's a genuine position of heart that wants what's best for another and again I think in in the best cases we see that worked out in in churches and in families and as we celebrate one another and that sort of thing I I think and I think you actually bring up a great point here we've we've talked about parenting we've talked about um families being a a good ground zero for this but I I I think that I want to highlight that and and encourage families and encourage um, grandparents and encourage parents because what we're saying then is that the way that we conduct our day in and day out relationships actually has a profound effect Mm -hmm. 
on the church and on society and in the kids that have been given to our care. Um, you know, and so it really does matter what we model as parents and as grandparents. And that should be both terrifying, but also empowering too, because I know there are a lot of days where, you know, after I've corrected the same behavior (laughs) 500 times in the last hour, I'm sitting there going, is this worth it? Yeah. And for sure, what John, uh, um, uh, Jesus is saying here in John is that, that yes, it is worth it. That, that parents, you know, not pushing yourself to the edges where you have no margin and you snap mm-hmm. is important. The, the way that you conduct your private life actually has a, a massive importance to the way that our children will then conduct their private lives. Yeah, and I think, too, I want to point out that it, it's not just the, the traditional nuclear family that, that even for those who are single, even though for those who don't have children of their own, you're still, you're still in the family of, of God with people, the people with whom you do life, I think for the, the purposes of our illustration are, are who's watching. And, and certainly kids are, are growing, but we also have a generation of adults who aren't familiar with the church and, and have, have not been loved well by the people around them. And so we can, Mm. um, no matter where in life you are, I think these things remain true that people are going to notice in your work relationships, how you interact and treat people. And it all goes back to a phrase we've used over and over again. I think even in this episode, that life of intrigue Mm -hmm. that, that, um, I just want to be careful that we don't give the impression that if you're not in the midst of raising young kids or you're not married or um, you, that, that you, you don't have anything to do with this. But wherever we are in life, I think we have relationships. We have, you know, if you're a student, the way you interact mm-hmm. with your fellow students, the way you treat your teachers, the way you talk about people, the way you, um, the way you uphold honor codes and that kind of thing all all lead into this idea of of our lives transforming the world around us simply by the way we work day in and day out and i think in the midst of that too you know we we talked about being patient we talked about parenting we i certainly do not get it right all the time and i think a big part of that is the way we own the fact that we don't get it right and the way we ask forgiveness and the way we are genuinely humble and say I messed this up I shouldn't have shared that secret of yours I shouldn't have have treated you that way I shouldn't have snapped at you even though you've been you've been told 67 times to pick your socks up off the floor (laughs) I'm sorry I'll try to do better but you know thank goodness that in our family we can show each other grace yeah yeah absolutely and and I obviously the being in the midst of raising kids is both of our situations. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's the, usually the go-to and, and really where, where a lot of these things are lived out, um, for, from our perspectives. And we have, and we serve in a congregation that has kids and uh, grandparents asking a lot of the same questions. And so it's, but it is important for everyone because that, that then 
influences the way because what you what you said about you know um kind of customized culture is that we are catered to so that that we're able to get exactly Mm -hmm. what we want and that creates whether we like it or not it creates a specific type of mindset um and it's and it's not it doesn't come across as greedy no because we go into so katie and i went into um a coffee shop in in swickley the other day and um and i ha- i like these refreshers um and uh at starbucks you can get a strawberry side one uh and this place had a strawberry side one but they mixed it with blackberry and i went oh my gosh this is yeah <laughs> this is this is world changing right here <laughs> and and i realized why i can have something that you know is the same price and that really you know um still is too much uh, but <laughs> You know, and, and it, and it, so it wasn't a matter of greed in that moment. It was like, wow, this, this is really tasty. Um, and after working out, it feels really good. Yeah. Yeah. And there is something beautiful about a world that recognizes that we are all different and mm. then we all have different needs yes. and we all have different gifts. And so it's not, you know, I don't think any of us want to go back to a world where there is one choice this is your choice. That is it. I mean, to me, that sounds very, like, militaristic. Like, yeah, it's, you know, it's 1984. Yeah. Um, and, but, but like anything, it's a, it's a, a two-edged sword that, that we have to hold these beautiful, beautiful things in tension, with the idea that it's not all about us. Yeah, and so taking that idea and and the the fact that you know we're we've talked about church decline and we've talked about um you know we're talking about how we interact with non-christians um that (coughs) excuse me that we want grace to then imbue everything um and we have to deal with the fact that because the church was a culture maker for so long Mm -hmm. um that we you know the I can't tell you the number of times, and you've probably heard it too, that heard the phrase, you know, well, they should just be here. Mm-hmm. And and that doesn't work. Yeah. When I was growing up, people just came. People just brought their kids. It wasn't even a discussion kind of thing. Right. And and we have to recognize that that's operating from a position of power. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yes, as, as parents, we exercise power. We exercise authority. But as the church... You know, we follow a crucified God. You know, we fo- we uh, follow an incarnate God, the 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 God who emptied Himself of glory in order to serve. And so we have to ask if if the way we actually use our power, whether it's in our families, whether it's in our friend groups, whether it's as a church, lamenting the the decline of church of the church whether we're using those in, in actually helpful ways or whether we're kicking and scraping for power just the same as any other group. Yeah. And th- that's a hard thing for the church to reckon with. And I don't, I don't know that there's a great answer for it. Well, we like uh, power. Right. Of course. Power is comfortable. Privilege is comfortable. It, it It's easy. It, it's easy to say, well, everyone's coming somewhere on Sunday morning anyway, so I just have to make 
my version of Sunday morning the best for the people that are coming and and to attract mm. other people versus the questions of why why are we even doing what we're doing and what are we offering that would make people want to even walk through our doors anyway yeah it's a hard it's a hard thing um yeah yeah and it's going to take some some relearning how to 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 actually be actually be christ-like in Mm -hmm. those things to to you know i I referenced just take the towel you know from from jesus's serving of his of his um of his disciples uh, during the last supper and really being able to say you know whether or not you show up at my congregation at the appointed time i'm going to serve you Mm -hmm. and that's a radical radically different mindset yeah because the the default whether it's verbalized or not is why would we serve people that aren't going to ultimately serve us and serve in our ministries and support us financially or with their attendance or any number of other other ways um you know again you know you called us to be humble and this is all a position of humility that no matter what it costs us we're going to serve you no matter whether you return to serve us. We're going to serve you as I think about mission and mission trips and, and such too. Even, even those relationships, when you, when you hear people come back, sometimes that relationship gets mixed up. Oh, I learned so much on that mission trip. I learned how much to, um, how much, how, fortunate I am to have what I am which are all great and wonderful things but we get really mad when you know we served them all week and they didn't even say thank you we served them all week and and they didn't seem to appreciate they just kept asking for more um you know uh, it just takes so much work in our hearts to to put that to put on that yoke of being humble and Uh, do I recognize that same sinful pattern in my own life yeah and that propensity to do those things because it's so easy. It's so easy to, you know, I think one of the areas where I struggle is uh, either when, um, when things are done to a, to a level of incompetence that mm-hmm. I, that's one of my frustrations. Um, um, or when people waste time on, on rehashing and, and going over, um, histories over and over again. And so I'm, uh, it's those moments where I'm like, come on, would you just get on with it? Um, and like you're saying, you know, um, you know, do we recognize, can we, do we go out into the world and, and see the brokenness and then complain about the way that it didn't benefit us or didn't make us feel good? Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I think, that's a lot of the 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 problem in the church is you know come on we put on all these great programs why why aren't you making us feel good about ourselves kind of kind of thing at its its core and and we don't verbalize that flat out and i do believe that that a lot of the things that the church does 
are motivated by by good motives but without the self-work to to really be humble in the midst of it 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 still leaves leaves us wanting and it leaves the world going eh I don't really need the church eh if they're going to be hypocritical eh if they're only interested in what I can do for them you know I have six other organizations in my life demanding my time and my volunteer hours I can just go over there yeah yeah for sure for sure and that's you know what I want to you know bring back to then is the fact that that Jesus talks about all this in relationship to to actually being uh to showing the world so Mm -hmm. as he's talking about the unity wow can I drop everything (laughs) um uh, the only way that would have been better is if I dropped it on the microphone (laughs) But he talks about, um, he he talks about that he's given us glory and that that he wants us to be one, as he and the Father are one, um, so that. So I'm looking at verse 22, and and this is one of the things that I didn't bring up grammar in the sermon. Mm-hmm. So I I think really hard before I bring up points of grammar in a sermon because it just doesn't really fly. Um, and I figure if you're listening to this, man, you're really in deep. Um, and so like starting at verse uh, 22 he says you know i've given them the glory that you gave me so that they may be one as we are one i and them and you and me so that they may be brought to complete unity then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you've loved me that last sentence there is actually not an independent sentence Mm. the then is not a then it's a it's a so that Uh this is one long sentence saying I want this to happen so that this happens so that this happens. And so these are all connected. Um, these are all connected into one sentence and into one thought that the unity that, that we could experience would overflow. So the, the father and the son would overflow into us so that we would f- overflow into others so that, that, that the world would know the redemption. Yeah. The contemporary English Bible actually does translate it that way. Really? Yeah. So okay. that your love for me will be in them and I myself will be in them, um, which is interesting. It, it brings to mind another wedding text, um, <laughs> you know, First John, um, that, you know, we'll know God. God is love and, and the way we love one another will will show the world who God is. And, and to me, you know, there's echoes of of that in here um that that idea that that jesus's prayer jesus's life was so that we will um that that our love for christ will make make christ's love known to all the world yeah and so i think there's a good question there that if our life is not showing people who Jesus and the Father are and not showing unity, then I think we have a really tough question we've got to ask, which is why? Why mm-hmm. why why are those things not happening? Because Jesus wants that to be to be happening. Even if, you know, if you look at the early church in that that first century, century context, you know, even though the 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 church was the recipient of a lot of uh, persecution and hatred and so on even in the midst of that 
people admitted that there was something different about them. Mm-hmm. Um, e- even the detractors had to say, yeah, okay, they, <laughs> they're actually, yeah, we have to give them this. And so even in the midst of their difficulties, people could still recognize something in them, even if they didn't fully get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the lack of that is what leads to accusations and perceptions and realities of hypocrisy and that the absence of that is what leads people to say, I don't respect the church. I don't think the church is moral and ethical and mm. a, a body to be respected <laughs> um, because we've not, we've not done a good job of, of showing that love. Um, in the verse I was thinking about, you know, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us and it and it's written without you know within a passage of how we relate to one another you know whoever lives in love lives in God that that you can't separate them that that it's our lives that will show forth who God is and and how God relates to us which is you know a tough calling and again, that's where yeah. that humility comes in and and admitting that we don't always get it right, but not in a way to prove, you know, I'm not being humble and admitting I don't always get it right and following it up with, but you're more wrong than me right. kind, of, kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, that I'm not like this tax collector. Yeah. 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 Which is which is what the, the Pharisee does in, in the one story. Yeah, and Jesus did not like that. No, no, did not go over very well. No. Um, but I think, you know, it, to kind of sum up here, like, because we're coming to the end of this, the relationship section mm-hmm. of the, the new mission tag. Um, it's to recognize that, that uh, yes, relationships are useful in, in spreading the gospel. But more than that, there, like I've, I've said, uh, that there are a, a, a critical part of the gospel. It's something that Christ came to do, and so more than being useful, they are they have value in the, the in and of themselves because they are something that that God values mm-hmm. throughout eternity. Um, yeah, we see that as far back as the incarnation. If relationships weren't important to God, then then why in the world would God come to be with us right you know why that's important the fact that god is with us is important because because of relationship because of connection because of um of this call to be together and to be unified and to have a like mind of christ yeah and to to live into that um not as something that's good and pretty and you know, nice if you can do it, but mm-hmm. something that is foundational and essential and good in its own right. Something that is to be pursued just as much as doctrinal purity, if not mm-hmm. more, um, because we won't uh, achieve doctrinal purity this side of the uh, this side of Christ coming back. Yeah. Um, but recognizing that that this is actually something that God desires. I mean. The history of the Old Testament Testament is God's relentless pursuit of us, mm-hmm. and all the ways that we manage to muck that up. <laughs> yeah, over and over and over again. Yes, yes, 
and and so the redemption is really the the first chance where we can come back and and live into righteous and holy relationships as we we're created and uh meant to live into mm-hmm. and man is it beautiful when we get glimpses of that within our families within our marriages within our friend relationships within our churches i mean it is it's a beautiful thing when you catch sight of it and and realize this is who god created us to be yeah those are those moments of intrigue yeah that where people go oh i want that yeah you know and and that's the, that's the the real thing is to you know i i i've had enough brokenness in my life where i long for that restoration mm-hmm. I feel that the world is not the way it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I long for that, that putting back together, that shalom, that wholeness. Yeah. And so that's, that's where I, that's where I really appreciate the, the relational focus on, on this. Yeah. Yeah. So church, we have our, we have our mission ahead of us and, it's it's hard work but but somehow in the midst of it as we work towards it Christ's community is going to expand and it's going to take our breath away when it does yeah yeah for sure for sure look forward to to that and living into that and and recognizing that that's a uh, a foretaste of the coming kingdom yeah and what all eternity will be like yeah yay yay cuz if it were <laughs> <laughs> if all of eternity were were you know standing in a DMV line, ooh. Mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> but that's why we get these glimpses and why it's good to to uh, remember what what we're striving for and what what it was that Christ intended in both creation and recreation, the the redemption of all things. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yep. Uh, we will be continuing on. You actually get to kick off the series on. Uh, discipleship. Yeah. Yep. So we're we're moving to the the second part of our triangle. We're expanding Christ's community through um, relationship, discipleship, and worship. And so we're we're moving on for the next four weeks into discipleship. So it should be a good time. It should be. And 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 I'm not going to tip the the hat here, but we've we've got an acronym <laughs> acronym that uh, that we think will be memorable. Yeah. Um. So uh, hopefully you you get a kick out of that and. And uh, uh, it'll be provides for some good fodder. Yep. Um, leave them. Leave us a message. Tell us what you think our acronym is. Yes. Send us an email. It's four letters. We'll give you that. <laughs> so. Yes. Send, send us some ideas. Maybe yours will be better than ours, and we'll switch <laughs> gears. There we go. Yeah. And remember, it's on discipleship. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so, um, but this this kind of wraps up this, and we'd love to hear your feedback on what. Um, the re- the relationship segment of this this series has uh, done for you and how it maybe has shaped and affected you and where you would like to hear more because that's you know we don't know where we're missing and where we're hitting at times and so it's beneficial to hear um, some feedback so uh, we would really really appreciate that yeah for well, sure I think I think we're we're at the end for today um, and so if you have found this episode helpful, would you please leave a rating and review and share it so that others can discover it more easily? 
also click that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts, whether you are on, uh, you're clicking the plus on Apple, on Apple podcasts, or whether you're clicking subscribe on, uh, uh, Deezer or on some other, uh, uh, uh cast box or something else. Uh, that way, any of these will pop up uh, whenever we release them. We really appreciate it. If you know someone who would benefit specifically by this, would you please share it with them? Um, but until next time, I'm Pastor James. And I'm Pastor Dina. And we hope that this helps you connect Sunday to the weekday.